That's interesting. I I see a lot of your Instagram questions, which are great, by the way, from like talking about poop to <laughs> very, very personal questions. Like it's very entertaining. I'm sure your followers love that as I do. I try to be very candid. Yes. I love that you mentioned poop. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Who doesn't like talking about poop? This is Cinebars. Welcome back to Cinevibes, everyone. We are excited to have this guest on the show for another episode, another interview with someone that has been working in the industry for a little bit now and trying to get her feet wet, as it were. And you may have seen her in a few roles in movies like The Blind Side or even Game Night, one of my personal favorites. And she's been doing a lot of short film work as of late in things like Where the Wicked Go which I highly recommend you checking out. Actually, I believe there's a prequel to that as well that is also really lovely, a two-part thing there that you can check out on YouTube after you listen to this interview. And also, you probably know her more so from her Bachelor recap videos that I think are pretty popular in the Bachelor community. I am not a big Bachelor fan. I do watch, and it's fun, but I, I'm not into that scene. But if you are, then you might know Kelly Johns, our guest today. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction. I felt long-winded, but that's, <laughs> I mean, you had a lot, to, a lot of Very stuff that you Very necessary, done. though. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Glad to have you. Yeah. So, Ken... Where are we going? Where are we going? First off, I wanted to ask you, you know, where did you begin acting? Where did acting start out for you? Well, I think it's funny that you guys just said, where are we going? Because that was my one line in the blind side was, where are you going? (laughs) So perfect way to start it off. So I started acting, taking it way back to fifth grade, started with community theater. My mom signed me up for a little class in downtown Canton. And I always told her, no, mom, I just want to be a singer on American Idol. I don't want to be an actor. But she saw something in me. So once (laughs) I did the little class, I loved it. And Mm -hmm. it felt very natural right away. So then in middle school and high school, did all of the school theater, drama club president, stuff like that. Loved musicals. And when I was about 15, my mom um, got in contact with Barbara Garvey, who's been my agent ever since then. So over 12 years now, mm, or about about wow. 12 years. Yeah, so I've been with East Coast Talent since the very beginning. They had a different name back then, but Barbara had just bought the agency. So I was one of the first people she took a chance on. Excellent. Yeah, so I'm really lucky. The Blind Side was actually, I think, my second audition ever. And wow. Yeah, and that, so I first auditioned for Collins, who's the main daughter, who's played by Lily Collins, and uh, obviously didn't get that, but they liked me enough to call me back for the friend role, and it's crazy for people, you guys know this, but for people outside of the industry, they don't know how many like callbacks and how much of a process it is to just get those one-liners. Mm-hmm. Technically, I had two lines and my other scene got cut, but <laughs> so many hey, rounds. we're going to go with two. Right? So many rounds of callbacks. I think I had three rounds of callbacks just for that little role, which was a oh dream come God, true. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I got into it. Um, but going on to set, like... As a 16-year-old, the first thing I ever did was that huge movie that's Mm -hmm. still so successful. It was absolutely incredible and, again, a dream come true. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the news segment of the podcast. This week in the news, some exciting stuff is happening. L.A. has announced they will be reopening slowly theaters. Big claps for this this definitely will impact how theater experiences will follow la is one of those leading figures 
in the industry that when something happens in the film industry in LA, most likely it's going to trickle out to the rest of the US. So it's slowly opening up. It's really exciting news. Can't wait to be back in the theater and wait for theaters to be ramped back up. And I'm ready for all of these releases to finally drop. We've been waiting for the Batman for so long. We need it. Anyways, back to the podcast. I have to imagine that, you know, starting out with something like you're saying that is that successful and big, it's got to be difficult to kind of come back down from that. I mean, to do, say, a smaller movie, much less a short. How do you prepare yourself for what might feel like a letdown to not get blindside part two type of movie? That's a really great question. It was definitely tough because first when I got with my agent, I didn't know what to expect. And then booking something so huge so early on, I was like, wait. And it was it was funny how I booked it because we didn't hear anything for like over a month. So, you know, I just ex- suspected I didn't get it. Um, And then my mom got a call from the wardrobe department saying, hey, we need Kelly's sizes. And my mom's like, Mm. I think I think you have the wrong person. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So somewhere along, like they forgot to tell me I booked it. We think. Uh. Oh, wow. (laughs) So then she's like confirmed I did get the role. And then we freaked out. Wow. But yeah, after that, it was really a kind of. Not a reality check, but I really learned that, you know, unfortunately that isn't common to book something so big so early and it wasn't common to keep booking something like that frequently. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of had to learn, you know, you're going to hear more no's than yeses. Every, you know, you just need to have experience, whether, like you said, it's a short film, um, a pilot, anything independent. And so I just continued on, you know, with every opportunity that came my way and years later booked game night. But since game night, you know, I haven't had another feature film role. So, and that was in 2018. So it's just rolling with, with, with what comes, you know, um, Mm -hmm. my, actually a friend asked me yesterday, how, like, how do you not get upset and get discouraged? Because, you just don't hear back. Why don't they let you know if you don't get the role? I'm like, they have hundreds of people <laughs> auditioning for every single role times 50. Cause there might be 50 people in the cast. And so yeah, like, I just see every audition as an opportunity to have fun and try my best. And if I'm not the right fit, it's okay. And I mean, it sucks, you know, as you guys know, like not going to lie, it sucks to not get something you really want, but you can't let it get you down. So yeah, I'll advocate for the people that don't hear back from casting and all that sort of thing. It hurts me to do that. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible not responding, but I just know that's how it is. And yeah, you've got so much else going on that you know you, you just can't. And I've only made small things, so I can't imagine having thousands of applicants and stuff. But yeah, yeah, that's. That's a interesting and probably a helpful thing to learn at it's, that young of an age. Yeah, and I feel like it's a good life skill overall. Like, you just got to keep moving forward because a lot of things in life are not going to go your way, even when you try your best. Like, some people aren't going to like you or, you know, you're just, it's not going to mm-hmm. be the right fit. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's helped my total, like, mentality overall. Yeah, that's something that I think the acting world and just the film world in general is you got to have a thick skin to work in it because it it can let you down sometimes. But at the same time, it's looking for the community aspect of it is a big thing, especially for me. So it's like even if uh, I get turned down by like, you know, a hundred projects and I get that one, that one is like, oh, let, you know, I'm so excited about that one thing. Uh, and just working on like creative stuff with people. For sure. Yeah. Every single thing that you book, no matter how big or small, it's like so exciting because, and you meet such cool people. Like, even though this is a podcast, like it's super cool. I'm connecting with you guys. Um, the short film that Trey mentioned where the wicked go and the prequel was heat lightning. That's it. Mm -hmm. I love those guys. We had a blast filming. So yeah, just the community and each new person you meet on new projects is really cool. Yeah, 
And like I've seen the blind side and I've seen game night, so technically I've seen you twice. But when I saw Heat Lightning, which I I don't even know how I came in contact with Alex James or Alec. Alec, Alec yeah. James. Sorry about that, Alec. We'll have you on at some point and hopefully that doesn't deter you. But yeah, I saw that and that's where I really got interested in you as an actor. I was like, wow, you know, this is a lot more full of a role. You get to express a lot of range there and it's just really well made as well. So I think there's a benefit obviously to the big roles and even a small role in a big film, but really getting the opportunity to act in a complete character in a short seems like, at least from my perspective, that that would be perhaps more beneficial, at least to your acting and becoming a better actor. Yeah, I I totally agree because being on a big set is one thing and that experience of kind of seeing how it all works and meeting these big directors and actors. But like you said, you know, my one liners, it wasn't like I had to dig deep for those characters. So in the short films um, with Alec, that was probably my favorite character I've ever played because it was so much deeper. Um, we were outside and I got to be grungy and like have a fake gun. It was so different from anything I'd ever done and a different than what people expect of me. I think, you know, being the blonde, blue eye, whatever. So it was really fun to like get dirty, bloody, all of that. And even have like the yeah. death scene and, yeah, as an actor, it was really great to have that experience and then have those clips for my reel to show that I can play the different sides and I'm not just the goofy, dumb blonde that has the one-liner. Right. What was the what was it like? Uh, so talking about the differences between the sizes of projects, what has your experience between like smaller projects uh, versus bigger projects been? So mainly as... When I've booked like the big films, the two, Blindside and Game Night, definitely the biggest things I've ever done. It was quick because, well, Blindside was different because I actually had, it was there two different days. So I had two scenes filmed on two different days and it was not quick because you guys know, like changing the camera so many different times. I actually had a stand in, which I thought was so cool. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. And I then, think you're, you know. You're above all of us at this point. Yeah. <laughs> That's big stuff. And like we got to break for lunch and I ate lunch with Lily Collins, um, met Tim McGraw there at lunch and wow. had my own little trailer <laughs> that I'd go wait in. So it was super cool. Um, everyone was so friendly. The director, John Lee Hancock, when I finished, like when I wrapped on my second day, he was like, give it up for Kelly. That's a wrap. And the entire crew and cast were clapping for me. Wow. And Again, just like dream. I know I keep saying dream come true, but it was just so surreal. Mm -hmm. So that was awesome. But it was only the two days. And then game night was literally just one morning because my scene was so quick. It was a little flashback scene and they didn't do different camera angles. They just did the one wide shot of everyone on the couch. Mm -hmm. So they even told me like, hey, this is going to be quick. You know, we're just do we we did probably like 20 takes but just back to back they didn't have to reset but that was fun like in between takes I played the games that were on the table with the other actors so kind of got to like play around with them and be goofy and they had a um a cast and crew party in downtown Atlanta mm-hmm. one night at this bar that I got invited to so all of the actors besides Jason Bateman but all of the the main actors attended that so I got to chat with them again mm-hmm. so that was just absolutely amazing yeah. and Rachel McAdams has been my role model my entire life like <laughs> the notebook mean girls favorite mm-hmm. movies ever yeah Meeting her and being in a scene with her was mm, she's lovely. <laughs> I still I still die. Like I, yeah. I can't believe that happened. When I found out, I was like, no, what my there's no way. I still didn't let myself think it was real until I was sitting next to her. Like, okay, this is real. <laughs> so those projects were like so exciting and so like I can't believe I'm next to these famous people and I but I have to be Mm -hmm. professional because I'm literally their co-worker right now like if you think about it Mm -hmm. I have to film with them so like so cool but then 
but quick. You know, I didn't get to actually Mm -hmm. build deep relationships, whereas on these independent or short films, such a longer process. So with Alec, for instance, you know, we were filming for like a week on the first film. um, And I stayed up in an Airbnb up in his hometown and was with them all day, every day and just so fun, like being outside with a bonfire and really getting to know them as people and then working Mm -hmm. with them again on the second film. I also did a TV pilot a few years ago for SCAD. Mm -hmm. Okay. And all of those people, they were just so nice. And like, we would have late nights together on set, you know, eating pizza, getting to know each other. So it's definitely a different feel and different vibe. And those are the people you can stay connected with more so, you know, as friends. Unfortunately, Rachel McAdams and I are not best friends, but um, <laughs> it's cool to, dial. I know, I wish. <laughs> so it's just a, t- a different vibe, both absolutely incredible, but with the independent shorter, quote, smaller projects, yeah. as you guys know, you can kind of build deeper connections and you're usually on set longer. Yeah. 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 You were talking about the uh, late nights, staying up, talking with uh, everybody like on those sorts of projects. That's something that I loved about like all of the projects that I've worked on so far is just even like just hanging out with the director long after like people have left the set and everything and just talking shop about stuff is some of the most fun I've had. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We went to like Mexican one night after we filmed for the day and just, and we were in like our bloody costumes from, (laughs) so and like I had like dirt all over my face, but we didn't want to go home first. We were so hungry. So, and we had Mm -hmm. to bring the camera inside because we didn't want anyone breaking into the car. So we're just sitting in this Mm -hmm. restaurant with this massive camera, blood and dirt everywhere. Mm -hmm. Definitely good memories. That's fantastic. Nothing to see here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious. Obviously, I'm sure things have been almost dead with COVID since last year, but were you working on some projects or preparing for any other projects following, I guess, where the wick could go, perhaps? I see another one of King's Daughter here as well, but what has been the pivot? Have you still really been trying to work on your craft in this downtime, or perhaps have you had projects and done all the protocols and such? Uh, So the past year with COVID, yeah, I have not booked anything. I had, I did have, I would say a decent amount of auditions for having, being the COVID time period. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of actors when like November hit said, oh, I finally got my first audition since COVID. And, Mm -hmm. and that was great for them. And I, but I, it made me even more grateful that I had had, I would say at least like one or one a month. I don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but like I had a decent amount when we thought everything was shut down, but there was still, you know, a tiny amount of things happening. And mm-hmm. now things are picking up a lot more. I had three or four auditions last week. So things are definitely picking up. Um, haven't booked anything in the COVID era, <laughs> but uh, had some callbacks with a director from LA for two projects. So he called mm-hmm. me back for both. So that was good to know that like, at least he likes me and I'm on his radar. I write when COVID hit and like, it wasn't locked down yet. Mm-hmm. I did like a little tiny photo shoot for um, like a lotion company. (laughs) Um, but we, it was weird to navigate that because people were like just starting to wear masks and Mm -hmm. the makeup artist was like, can I do your makeup? And I said, no, I'll do my own because I don't want (laughs) you to touch me. And it was weird. Everyone's like still doesn't know what's going to happen to you. Yes. And I was, (laughs) I was hesitant to even go on set because we were all so scared. Right. You know, like we didn't Mm -hmm. know, And then before that, I didn't have anything like ongoing that I was working on, just continuing to audition. The film that you mentioned was a short film that I did with my mom's film club, actually. She has a little, yeah, a club in my hometown, Canton. So we did a mother-daughter story. Um, That was really cool. And now I'm doing an improv class every Friday night. So trying to you know, improve my craft in that area. So that's mm-hmm. really fun. And then with the bachelor videos every week is a way that I can perform in a sense, mm-hmm. practice different characters and being goofy. So 
Yeah, that's uh, a lot of people now, especially during this COVID era, is big about creating your own stuff and not sitting around and waiting for things because I feel like people who were thinking, you know, let's just wait until this all blows over in like a month or two back in March. Now it's kind of like a year later. And if they did that and they waited so long, they're they're waiting still Mm -hmm. you know and so making your own content speaking of like the instagram and the all of that stuff that you've been doing there how how has that been is that something that you know you've continued to do more of now that you're in like covid and you know is that more of a priority so i yeah i started doing the videos two over two years ago which is crazy but it was inspired by the fact that like I didn't want to just sit around and wait for auditions because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you go a month and you don't have an audition. And so it can be a bummer. But I'm like, what can I do to put myself out there where I don't have to rely on anyone else? It's just me. It's just my own content. And I've always loved The Bachelor. So uh, I just decided to make a silly video on one of the premieres and people liked it so i did it every episode of that season and then people just kind of expected me to keep it going so i did and i've kind nice. of improved like now i do the little green screen backgrounds i actually film it on tiktok because it has like the easy green screen feature oh. and i i tried i did a few videos over the summer cuz i'm a teacher as well so my weeks are pretty busy plus Mm -hmm. doing the videos on top of that. And I also babysit a lot. So I kind of Mm -hmm. have three jobs floating around. Um, Yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, so on a normal week, I just stick to the one Bachelor video because it's all I have time for. Last summer with COVID, I tried to do like a couple other comedy things. Um, I did a Carol Baskin impression Mm. and Jessica from Love is Blind. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to venture into that more. But again, it's like a time thing. I don't want to drive myself crazy trying mm-hmm. to do too much than I can handle. And yeah. it has but it has grown. So that's nice. Like when I first started it on Instagram, I just had like, you know, 2000 followers maybe. And I've built it up to I think I have like 15 now. It is interesting, though, during COVID, I lost a lot of followers. Mm. Um yeah, and I I think it's because I'm outspoken about my beliefs in the world, in our country. Mm-hmm, yeah. And and when COVID first started, the, you know, half the people were denying that it was real. Yeah. And Shares so I was divisive. just sharing science and, yeah. you know, things about being safe. They weren't having it. And yeah, I think a lot of people were like, oh, this girl. So lost a lot of followers. Same with the election. Sounds like you didn't lose much there, though. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I told, actually, I have an LA manager now and I was telling him that and he's like, you know what? Those people just aren't your audience. Sure. Yeah. You're right. I don't want those type of people around if they don't believe in facts. But, um... <laughs> it seems like the Bachelor now, between The Bachelor and Bachelorette, are those like all year round? Because it seems like there's no break. It seems like that because they took a huge break for COVID. So okay. there's usually a break in between. It's usually The Bachelorette. Okay, back it up. Usually The Bachelor starts in like January. Um, and then it goes for a few months. There's a little bit of a break and then they have The Bachelorette in like May. And then they have Paradise in the summer. And that's when all the contestants, boys and girls, come and date each other. Right. And then there's like a big break over the fall. Okay. But now, this past year, they were supposed to start filming The Bachelorette right when COVID hit. So they had to push that like five months mm-hmm. to july or maybe not five i don't remember so then there was a big gap and so then right after they started filming bachelorette they were like well we have to do bachelor now to get that back on schedule so Mm -hmm. it seemed like it was super back to back yeah i mean maybe like what a week or two and then the next one started yeah which is never happens yeah it's a lot it's kind of exhausting 
I guess that's nice for fans, but like you just mentioned, yeah. Oh shoot, I don't have a break anymore. <laughs> it's it's it. even yeah, not even as a content creator. I feel like it's exhausting just as a fan too. You're like, it's there's so much drama every week. You have to. You just found out Tasha and Zach got engaged, and now you gotta jump into another relationship. Forget right all away. that and you know start fresh again. Yeah, that's interesting. I I see a lot of your Instagram questions which are great by the way from like talking about poop to (laughs) very very personal questions like it's very entertaining I'm sure your followers love that as I do I try to be very candid yes I love that you mentioned poop (laughs) of course who doesn't like talking about poop but yeah I notice a lot of people always ask you if you would be on The Bachelor and obviously you're married well I don't know if that's obvious but you are married, so yes. You know, there's that. But I wonder if people ask you that because you pull off these. Obviously, you're doing kind of a parody of them, but it's not too far off. Some of them are really dramatic, just in general at a baseline. But are, are those roles that you just that's a little outlet for you to do those, or is that something that you wouldn't do? Like, say you were to get cast in one of these big films as a role like that, maybe something like. I don't know, Bridesmaids or some of the like girl trip, those types of movies. Is that something that you'd be interested in doing? Or do you feel like maybe more drama, play in the woods, like get attacked, do something like that? (laughs) So comedy is definitely my thing and where I feel most comfortable and most natural. um, And I feel like that's the area where I'm most talented. But I don't know if that's just because, again, I'm most comfortable in that area. Um, and I feel like it's not, uh, a stretch for me. Mm -hmm. I love playing all characters and I, I love, again, I think my favorite character ever was with Alec in those short films where I was like the dramatic post-apocalyptic girl who ends up dying, whatever. Um, but comedy is what I've always loved. I'm very goofy in my everyday life. My friends tell me I'm like the weirdest person ever. So (laughs) being in a comedy like bridesmaids or something, that would be, that would be a dream come true. Um, Mm -hmm. and I love like SNL. That would be amazing. That's kind of one of my dreams as well is to be on there. And one my favorite girl now, her name is, um, Chloe Feynman. She's on SNL now. She's a really okay. cute blonde. And I f- started following her actually before she was on SNL because she did hilarious impressions on Instagram. And I'm not sure if that's kind of where she got her fame, um, which helped her get on SNL. I'm not sure. But she's kind of my new like person that I look up to in the comedy world and aspire mm-hmm. to be as talented as her because she can like do every accent, every... Like, she can do Drew Barrymore, but then she can do Britney Spears and different characters from, like, Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. So, I just love her. So, yeah, comedy is definitely my thing. But, again, I I love all genres. I don't want to be the actress that's just known for one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, typecast. Yeah. I think, like, Kristen Wiig, I feel like we all think of her as comedy. But she has done some serious roles, too. And Mm -hmm. she, she crushes them, so. Yeah. Didn't she do something even last year that was dramatic? I'm trying to remember. I forget the name. It was a space thing. And she was like one of the workers at the at the space. I don't know if it was NASA. I forget the name. Was it? Yeah. Was it, it the Martian? It wasn't Space Force, was it? No, no she wasn't space in Space Force. Force. Oh, yeah, that the Martian. Yeah, that's what it Martian. was. Was it? I think With it Matt was. Matt Damon. Yeah. She was one of the controllers or mm-hmm. something. Oh, Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I've seen her branch out a little bit. And I think that's a testament. I think about Adam Sandler a lot when I think of people that you just think are going to make a C-level movie that's not going to be on Netflix and you're probably just going to watch it, but Mm -hmm. it's going to be something you forget immediately. But then he does like Uncut Gems or even, you know, looking back like uh, Punch Drunk Love and things like that. He's really good. Mm -hmm. Like. You know, Kristen Wiig, like, she's got the ability, you have to, kind of, to be that dramatic in the sense of uh, comedic tone, so. I think my girl Rachel McAdams, too. I mean, she's got very serious roles, and then she's hilarious in Mean Girls, and, Mm -hmm. um, did you guys see Eurovision? Yes. 
it's yeah. it's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> but she's super funny in that. So again, another reason why she's my favorite. I think she is everyone's favorite. Let's just throw that out there. She can do it all. Yes. And game night. Obviously, game night was a comedy, and she was hilarious in that. So yeah. she's just, she never has a bad role. I think that actors who do comedy, I, I think they, and it's something that's talked about in my acting class quite a lot, is you have to have a lot of commitment for it. And like even more so, probably more of a commitment to your view, your point of view, or like you're uh, going bigger with everything. So taking someone who does comedy uh, a lot, and seeing them turn and do drama, it's kind of like jarring in a sense, but yet it's still like showing they have such a huge range. Yeah, it is weird to see, like you said, Adam Sandler. We're so used to seeing him in only comedic roles. And then you're like, wait, I can't take him seriously. But then he, <laughs> then you can. Eventually you can because he's so good. Yeah. It takes a few minutes and then it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it sinks in. I'm, I'm with you. If you were trying to, in a perfect world, and everyone wants to cast you, and you had like one movie, what would that movie be that you're going to be cast in? Oh, and it man. could even be one that's already been made. Like, if that could have been you, which one? Well, now you've got my head in, in Bridesmaids since you mentioned it. Okay. <laughs> that's, I, I thought that's you might go back there. Definitely one of my favorite comedies. Another favorite comedy is The Campaign with Will Ferrell and Zach Galifianakis. Uh, yeah. I would love to play one of those redneck wives, like <laughs> Cam Brady's wife, and she's like, Cam, get your ass in here. But they're like rich. <laughs> Or I could so see that. Yeah, I love her. Or like Talladega Nights, where his wife is the same type mm-hmm. of character, you know. So I would love to be the the super out there country accent or something. Hmm. I don't know who I would be in Bridesmaids because I I love the really out there characters. Mm-hmm. So maybe like the <laughs> I couldn't be Megan. She's just she's. I can't even compare myself to her because that's Melissa. Right. Other than the basket of puppies yes. part. <laughs> Why did I just... McCarthy? Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Melissa McCarthy. But just something crazy. Something very outgoing mm. with like maybe an accent or just over the top. We're going to put that out into the world on your behalf. Thank like, you. Yes. Yes. Speak it into truth. Anyone listening, please just... You know she's perfect. <laughs> you already heard the accent. Like, let's just... Let's get it done. I appreciate it. Put it in the universe. That's right. You mentioned that you're doing an improv class during COVID and everything. Is there anything else that you feel like is important as an actor? It seems like improv is perhaps the most well-rounded thing you could do because it's so off the cuff and you just have to be everything at once or nothing at the same time. Like Ken, you know, he mentioned his acting class and he does some other stuff. What do actors need to be doing to kind of stay relevant and to stay current with what's I mean, it's just changing so much. Even with COVID, there's just all these different opportunities and they're gone, then they're there again. And it's like, I don't, like, what, do, what do you do? It's so hard to say because there's so many different things and I feel like it's impossible to do it all. Even if, like, I, I wish that I had all the time in the world to dedicate to just acting. But unfortunately, that doesn't pay all my bills. So I have my teaching job, which is just three days a week, but it still takes a lot of time and planning. And and then I babysit as well for supplemental income. So I feel like it's slightly different for people who solely act and they make a living off acting. They have the time and probably, and I'm not making excuses, but more availability just in their schedule to take more classes Mm -hmm. to buy more fancy equipment I don't know Mm -hmm. to watch even watch more tv and watch more movies because that's important to see what are the newest projects coming out especially like if they're filmed in Georgia where I am and so I'm trying to like keep up as much as possible plus creating my own content Mm-hmm. Trying to, you know, watch like what's big on Netflix, take the class. Um, I need to buy like a, a better camera because I just use my iPhone to tape auditions. If I'm not going, if it's something really big, I'll go and get it professionally done mm-hmm. where the camera's super nice and the quality looks great. But mm-hmm. for smaller indie projects, I usually tape at home with my iPhone. But like I need to, 
need to up that, need to get a new camera, need to get new lights. So many different arenas, right? Yeah. It's like the classes, you can take a million different classes, improv, mm-hmm. script analysis, on-camera work, character development, mm-hmm. anything else. And then <laughs> yeah. you're, you got to do research, what's going on, who are the local casting directors, follow them, see what they're doing in their lives. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's definitely overwhelming. And so I feel like you can't be perfect Even Mm -hmm. if you have all the time in the world, there's always going to be new stuff to keep up with. So I feel like just doing what you can without driving yourself nuts, being able to balance it. And like I'm taking my improv class right now. I there's no way I could like do another class in my week. You know, it's I'm doing that. I'm making my own videos. I'm auditioning when I get them every week. Hopefully they continue to be every week. Mm -hmm. Plus working. (laughs) It's plus trying to watch tv yeah yeah (laughs) and just have a life i mean you're a person and you have to enjoy that as well Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. it's a tough balance yeah i think that i think that's something that i'm starting to learn more about because i'm one of those types of people that i cannot stand to sit still like i have to constantly be doing something and it's just something inside of me that's like i I can't just sit idle for too long, maybe for like a day or so. But I'm I'm totally the same way. Yeah, and I'm that's what I do with acting as well. Like you were talking about, you could go on and on about all you could be doing in your career, but just taking those small steps and like, you know, doing what you can uh when you can while also maintaining like some mental health at the same time is really important. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that Especially now with COVID and everything, it's extremely important. Yeah, for sure. That's really interesting that uh, you do so much. Like, that's is that something that you find yourself doing too? Is uh, wanting to do more things, but then you're like, hold on, I already have like so many other prior commitments, so I can't really do too much more. Yeah. And it, it also like you have to balance in the financial aspect of like, you, I gotta, pay we gotta pay rent and like we we make definitely we're not struggling for money but Mm -hmm. like my husband and I are very he's become like me I I finally got him on board with like being (laughs) (laughs) being super frugal and so like we have our budget every month and sometimes like this month for instance his car randomly broke down on Mm. 400 and we had to take it in and it was $1,500 which was an unexpected monthly you know cut into our budget but thankfully this month I made extra money babysitting like more Mm. than expected so it's like I I like doing the extra work for the extra money because we also like we want to try to buy a house soon. So there's these other life things that come into play where I need to work. And if I'm not booking an acting job because it's pretty tough right now with COVID and even if COVID wasn't around, it's still tough to book a job. Yeah. Um, No matter how good you are, like they might want a brunette and I'm blonde. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like. I love being busy because I'm the type of person who I kind of get stressed out if I'm not doing something because I'm thinking, <laughs> wait, what can I be doing? What can, how can I be productive? So yeah. it's, yeah. I, I like the fast pace, but it's just, there's so many different things that interweave with like, well, I want to make more comedy videos, but like I don't get paid for them. So mm-hmm. I got to make money. Yeah. We talked to a lot of actors on here and, I think the modern actor is a jack of all trades, honestly. Like, uh, one of our earliest episodes, we talked to one of our friends, Eden. She's a nurse. Like, that's her main gig. And then she acts. And like you, you teach and babysit and act. And that's kind of been the story we hear. There's very few that at the level that we're all at have just done the acting thing. Like, it seems virtually impossible without living in a cardboard box and for sure it's kind of facetious but also like serious yeah maybe living at home i guess um yeah maybe but sure but yeah i i don't know i i couldn't do it if we did if we only lived on my husband's income we could survive but it would be not not a good lifestyle right and i just in terms of projects at the indie level which Percentage-wise, you're probably more likely to book those. Yeah. Just naturally. 
it probably makes that difficult, especially when you read a project that you really love and maybe there's no money involved or it's a huge time commitment. Even if you wanted to do it, you didn't need the money, but like, I can't take a week off work. Like, What's that balance like? Have you had that experience where you had to turn something down? Yes. So that these are such good questions that I feel like people don't think about. A couple months ago. because we live these questions. Yes. <laughs> a couple months ago, it was just a callback, so I hadn't booked it yet, but... I got a callback for a project that I knew up front, like what the logistics were, but I was like, well, I'll just go for it. I'll just audition and then see what comes of it. And so I get a callback and then they, I don't think I knew the shooting dates up front. And then they said what the shooting dates were. And it was like the day before Christmas, the two weeks before Christmas. Mm. So that I feel like for anyone is just, it's a special time to be with family. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it was different this year with COVID, but, and it was out of state. The pay was decent for sure, um, but they didn't have, they didn't know exactly how many days I would be shooting when I was out there. So like some of the days that I'd be in the hotel, I wouldn't be filming, therefore I wouldn't be getting paid. Right. So it was like pretty complicated and I would have to take off the two weeks from school, which my school's very flexible. Um, and they would totally support me on that, but I'd be losing that money and I couldn't quite calculate if the film would, if I'd be losing or profiting. And, and so it was just like kind of too, kind of a risk to take, mm-hmm. especially right before Christmas. So I just said, you know, thank you so much. But, and I talked to my agent about it to kind of get her feel for it. So she, she agreed with me that kind of playing it safe on this one with the holidays. So I just said, thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, hopefully something else in the future will work out with you guys. And they were really, really nice about it. They're like, we totally understand. And they said, oh, we have so much respect for you that you're a teacher. We didn't know that. So Mm. hopefully, hopefully they still like me. I don't know. (laughs) I think when you make connections like that, even if you know, like you can't work on that project, the next one, or they've got a buddy, like those are the things that People can be like sore losers or kind of like salty about things, but mm-hmm. you never know like what that connection is going to lead to right. down yeah. the line. Yeah. I think that's also a big thing as well is being upfront with people and telling them that you're probably you're most likely not going to be able to do it. And rather than being someone who's like, yeah, 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 I got you. No problem. And then like <laughs> day before, hey, so uh, it's actually a big problem. <laughs> There's a lot so, of those people out there. Yeah, <laughs> you screw them over. Yeah. So I think it's uh, very, very like whenever you you're professional, when you're professional with these people and you, you respect their time and respect their effort in doing something that definitely works out in your favor in the future when they're like thinking about uh casting or something like that they remember you uh, being you know amazing and then they're like oh i need you you know to audition for this you know so i think it definitely comes full circle hopefully hopefully they think that (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah i think that networking is a big thing mentioning that so i think that's one of the most daunting things about the industry is whenever people enter the industry it it almost is a who knows who type situation uh in many scenarios but Mm -hmm. uh you know you talked earlier about keeping up with casting directors and other people in your market is that something that is a bit daunting to you because i think to a lot of people marketing seems kind of or not marketing but just kind of keeping track of everything is kind of uh, a, a scary task yes for <laughs> sure like i've i've seen a lot of people in the industry say you need to follow all the casting directors on instagram but you know don't don't suck up to them, but, but you can comment on their post and, you know, be authentic saying, Oh, you have a dog. I have a dog too. It's like, okay. <laughs> but don't but, be creepy about it. Yes. So I'm like, okay, but are they going to really be like, Oh, here's Kelly's auditions. Oh, she told me she has a dog on my Instagram. So I think that we're going to give her this role. It's, it feels kind of, you know, it's, it's like maybe, too much it 
like you said, you don't want to be creepy. So it's like, where's the line? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's just, again, one of those things you have to balance. Like, should I be doing this? Is this another like list on my homework of keeping up with the acting industry? Is like, I have yeah. to try to authentically communicate, but not creep these people out and like make it look like once I'm trying you, to get a job. <laughs> once you start thinking about it, then I think you're going down the wrong road like that. You know, <laughs> like, oh, I need to be not creepy, but I need to make sure I interact with this person at least once today. <laughs> right. And it's like, are they really going to remember that though? Because think of how many hundreds of people, probably thousands that they audition all the time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just... There's no way to really know, right? Like, again, you could have the perfect audition, and then for some reason they're like, hmm, we need different eyebrows. So, next person. Like, you just never know. And that's why I think working on those smaller projects can sometimes be even more fulfilling is because you have almost... Like as long as you're easy to work with and they're cool people, you're cool people, then like you got connections for a long time. You for got, sure. Sometimes li- like life friendships from that one thing, like projects that yeah. I've worked on before is just like, you know, I'm still talking to those people, even though it was a small thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> talking to one of them right now, actually. That's right. <laughs> Me and Ken Cute. met through a project. So it's just like, you never know who might be your next Podcast co-host, best friend, or I guess some people get married that way, but... I'm in tears right now. (laughs) (laughs) So sweet. I think it's... I I listen to a lot of things about how difficult the industry is, more so from the director, writer side of things, producing than acting, but there's the same through line that it's just a whole different world than... Like, my day job, I'm a civil engineer, and so you you teach. Those are, like, normal things. Mm-hmm. Like, you wake up the same time, you have your routine, you come home, eat dinner, whatever. But, man, the whole film industry, nothing. Like, none of it's like that. And it's such a challenge wow. to try and bounce around on both sides of the line there because... You can't stay up all night, like, working on a project and then going to work the next day. I mean, you could, I guess, but, jeez, you're going to be a zombie, like, (laughs) just fall asleep on your keyboard. And so, I don't know, I have a lot of respect for people that are trying really hard to get into that, and obviously, you're one of those people, and I think we find each other, you know? Like, you just find the people that are working really hard and generally doing something else at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's people right now working and they're wanting to kind of start that pivot like you've done. What advice do you have for them? Do they need to, you know, do all the agency stuff, like get all into that? Or like, is it more simple, like just start out here and then like, what's that like these days? I mean, they're different from even when you started. Yeah, I think everyone... I think people would have different opinions on this, but I feel like first, if you want, if you really want to like do it actively, try to find a job that's flexible. Like for me, I work at the school where we're actually only open three days a week. Our school is made for kids who have outside passions as well and staff. So our short schedule, we kind of just like we don't cram, but we move at a, our curriculum is quick. So the kids like learn all they need to know quick. We don't have like music class that you have to go to. And then we don't break for lunch. It's literally like you get your classes done. You go home to do whatever else you're interested in. So it's a great fit for me. And it's flexible. If I need to take off, if I book something, they're totally supportive. So And my school is very rare to find, like that's not common, but Mm -hmm. finding a job that is flexible. um, One of my friends works for like a local t-shirt printing company where she can take off when she needs to, but she does go into work every day. It's again, that's hard to find, but if you can, it's probably going to help you out a lot. Um, And then I think joining like Actors Access and submitting to all the independent student films, whatever are in your area and getting, I I feel like when you're first starting out, I'm not, I mean, I'm no expert, but a lot of agents want to see a little bit of experience with local 
projects. Obviously, they don't expect you to have booked mega things because that would kind of be impossible. So getting involved locally, whether it's like a film club like my mom does or student films, getting online, finding what's in your area, getting some decent headshots. I don't think you need to go spend $500 or more on like the fanciest headshot photographer. But even if you have like a friend who's a good photographer and they can take some pretty decent shots, you know, do a little bit of research, make sure your shot looks how it should, that your eyes look good, getting Mm -hmm. the basics that you need to get, get going. And then once you have a couple local projects, you have some decent headshots, then start submitting to an agency where it could take you to the next step. But it's not impossible to just get started on your own. And like we've said, working on local projects are so fun. And just from working on one thing, you're going to make a number of connections that'll probably lead you elsewhere to other opportunities. So Yeah, I think that... It's definitely going off of what you're saying is it it doesn't have to be starting out immediately and hoping that you're going to land like the biggest role in the next like feature film and stuff like that, which I think a lot of people outside of the industry don't understand Mm -hmm. is they just expect that, you know, if you get into a movie and these people like, let's say, you know, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now, but like the next blockbuster, like somebody that nobody heard of previously or at least like they were not they were kind of under the radar gets the lead role and they're just like well who is this guy he just randomly showed up and got it but they don't see all the like years and years and years that they put in under uh the like scope of everybody else and Mm -hmm. uh just getting that so i think it's going into like I think the gist is just going into it with a more of a sense of reality is this is life that you're going to be living. This is not like you just show up one day and you're famous. It's it's you're living your life. I that really drives me nuts because I feel like a ton of people have that mentality Um, like, oh, yeah, I want to be an actor. I think I could do it. I'm like, well, yeah, anyone could theoretically do it. Do it, but they say it so casually, like it's so easy. Like, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna be an actor. Yeah, I think I could be on mm. TV. It's like, okay, yeah. well, it's very, very hard to even <laughs> get the opportunity and audition to be on TV, much less to book it. So, yeah. like, when I tell people that you know, for a certain role, that probably a hundred plus other girls auditioned for it. And if you don't get it, you don't hear back. They're like, what? That's insane. Like that's literally normal. That's how it goes. And when people also, when people say, oh, you're trying to be an actor. It's like, no, I am an actor just Mm -hmm. because I'm Mm -hmm. not an A-list celebrity on red carpets doesn't mean we're not actors. Like if you are, if you are working and acting, even if you're not getting paid, you're still an actor. Like if you're Mm -hmm. putting in the, the effort and, you know, dedicating a lot of your time to it, it doesn't matter how big the project is, how famous you are. And unfortunately not everyone can become famous or can become a millionaire off of doing it. So it's like you said, it's a reality check and you just sounds like corny, but be grateful for the opportunities that you can work on Yeah, and not be like, Oh, this is so small. I'm above this. Cause you're not, you're not above anything. Yeah. That's really good uh, advice. Just yeah. being grateful for what you get and happy for the things you do book, even if mm-hmm. they're not the next huge movie. I will say though, everyone should have standards for themselves. Like don't do a film that they're treating you poorly or, you know, if you are at the point where you're making decent money acting and then there's a film that's like, sorry, we can't pay you anything at all. And you're like, you you still have to make those decisions for yourself of like, you know, Mm -hmm. where it fits into your life and if it's worth it. But I still think like, no one should have the mentality of like, I'm too good for this, but yeah. just, just kind of seeing what works for you. Yeah. I've seen some of these crazy casting calls, like on Facebook groups and stuff. And they will be asking people to get naked, know, do, do nude scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, let's see. Like, is there, well, first off, it always is says it same stuff. Company, first off. Yeah. IMDb credit food. And it's like literally zero people, 
should comment on this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be people commented on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what are you guys doing? No pay, no experience, no background experience these people have at all. So yeah, like mm-hmm. that goes back to what Why saying, are people that desperate? Yeah. Have standards, do your research, make sure the project is uh, reputable and responsible and the people know what they're doing, mm-hmm. but don't expect to make $5,000 type thing. Yeah. Right. I have a question kind of in that vein, more so about the casting agency that, not yours in particular, but more of a general question. Do they get like annoyed with indie projects like grabbing their actors and pulling them in for things or are they like into that? And I've been curious because I I never go through an agency. I just like get my actors from. Mm -hmm. My agent from, I mean, I've known her for over 10 years it seems like she's very supportive of that because she wants her actors working and getting experience and getting those clips for their reels and making those connections as well. So sometimes, a lot of the times actually, she'll post, we have a private Facebook page for our agency mm-hmm. and so she'll post a lot of times for indie, indie projects and it's like, hey, here's the info, go for it if you want to and she'll say, you know, it's no pay but sounds like a good thing or, you know, this you know it's a hundred bucks a day or whatever so Mm -hmm. yeah she's very uh it seems to be very supportive of that unless Mm -hmm. like you know unless it's like a three-month commitment where you have to be working on it every day and then she'd be like um i think you need to be available for these other auditions what if you book Mm -hmm. this so like there's a definitely a balance there but overall she she knows and believes that it's important to do those as well that's good to hear because, again, I'm not on the acting side of things, but it seems like some of those types of companies could be more about just the numbers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we've got a lot of people, and if they get things through us, then, like, we get paid or whatever it is. But it's good to hear that, like, genuinely, at least in your case, they, which is what I feel like they should be doing, is, like, they want actors to be acting. And right. eventually that leads to maybe things that they can find through them for you. And so that's good to hear. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, I think we're kind of getting to the end of time here. But before we start closing things up, who are some of your favorites on The Bachelor this season? (laughs) And I don't know anyone, but I'm sure some of our listeners do. What's your take on this season? My favorite is definitely Michelle. She is a teacher, so, you know, okay, I gotta nice. love her. But she's, <laughs> I love, I love the show and the women, obviously I don't know any of them personally, so it's easy to judge or, you know, have these preconceived notions about them because a lot of the times the editing only shows the bad side of one girl and then they'll only show us the nice things that the other girl said, but she could have said mean things too, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, Michelle just seems so mature Again, she's a teacher, and they they tonight they're going to her hometown, so she made it to the top four. Mm. And so Matt, the bachelor, is going to meet virtually meet her students, which is so cute because they look about like third grade. <laughs> and she's just like super fit too. She has the best arms; they're so muscular, and she just seems overall like she actually is just there to possibly find love, which sounds so like corny because the odds that you win and actually find love are very slim. So I don't blame Mm -hmm. some of the girls for going on for the opportunity to travel and to get famous, honestly. Mm -hmm. But she, she doesn't seem like one of those people. They showed like some bloopers of her where she's just goofing off and she seems fun and nice and they seem like a great fit, but I'm worried he's not going to pick her because again, she's too good. Like, I feel like, I feel like he's going to pick one of the younger, less mature, like more, maybe like sparkly fun type. I don't know, but I love her. So I, my prediction is that he picks Rachel, which she's actually from Georgia. She's from coming, which is where my brother lives. There's been a lot of controversy about her. I don't know if you guys have seen any of that. It's quite, it's quite I, a mess. I you can go Google it. It's a whole thing. I'm going to dive into that later. But I feel like he's probably going to pick her, which is why the host, Chris Harrison, came to her defense recently. Oh, wait. I have mm. seen some yes. of this. Yes. So that's a whole other. Oh, it's a lot. 
Another episode, huh? Yes. So I feel like she's going to win, which, you know, again, I haven't met these people, so I don't want to judge. She's probably very nice in person. She's very cute. (laughs) But I hope Michelle wins. And if Michelle doesn't, I hope she's the next Bachelorette. Yeah. Sounds like she'd be a good pick. I tend to take them from... Well, again, I don't know a lot, but it yeah, seems they like do. they find the good ones from previous seasons. Yeah. Matt is the first. Well, since way back in the day when they first started The Bachelor, they would have totally random guys be The Bachelor, like just like random rich guys. Like everyone was a lawyer <laughs> and a doctor, right? Yeah. And then they started doing like from all the previous seasons. But Matt is the first and forever that hasn't previously been on the show. But he was best friends with a guy who was on the show. So that's how mm. they, like, discovered him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I doubt they would do that again with The Bachelorette because they have some definitely some good choices here. You think it will be Michelle? Yeah, I, ho- I hope so. But, again, I feel like she's too good, like, that they might like, – she's not – immature at all where they kind mm-hmm. of need that a little bit for like yeah. mm-hmm. the entertainment work the storyline <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll see they're announcing yeah. it soon I believe the bachelorette so I'll keep you guys posted yes well we shall find out if these predictions are true yes and if anyone would know it would be someone like yourself I try. I don't read spoilers, though, so these are just my thoughts. (laughs) Original content. Yes. Well, we thank you so much for being on with us and sharing your input on acting from a different perspective than anyone we've had on here before and having had some initial success, big success, and kind of coming down off of that and then trying to work back up to it. And so, obviously, we hope that you find some amazingly huge roles in the future. Thank you. Or at least ones that you really love. I think that's more important. Yeah, for sure. It's something that is fulfilling and perhaps can replace your day job. I think that's That's kind of the ultimate goal. For sure. That is the goal, to make a living just off of acting. All right. To round it out, what uh, have you been watching? Well, the obvious, The Bachelor, which <laughs> yes, I'm about yes. to g- <laughs> about to go <laughs> watch right after this. Starts at eight. Just finished Bridgerton. Love Bridgerton. that. Yes, That's on Netflix, right? Yes, my husband watched it with me, which I was surprised, but he actually really liked it too. So it's not just a girly show. <laughs> um, and I'm really into Spanish. So I teach Spanish. So Mm -hmm. I'm into Spanish shows as well. I am finishing, trying to finish Grand Hotel, which is Mm -hmm. Grand Hotel. Um, And it just got taken off Netflix. So I actually bought a different, I'm subscribed to like a a Spanish streaming service, $6 a month. But I'm like, I have to finish Grand Hotel. I have to finish it out. Yeah. So I'm watching (laughs) that when I can. Um, Sometimes I'll Mm -hmm. do it like on the treadmill to double task yep that's that's my thing my spanish shows what's a spanish word that you can teach us that maybe isn't a common one um this is really fun to say albondiga meatball albondiga albondiga nice another fun one is bombilla bombilla which is light bulb i just like the b sounds they're fun right they yeah, I've never fun. heard either of those words in Spanish. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. Oh, and my students really love salchichas. Salchichas. sounds it's dirty. Funny. It's sausages, so I mean, oh. maybe it could be dirty. <laughs> 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 it had that little bit of a thing to it. I was like, I don't know about that don't one. Know. I don't know about this one. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you guys awesome. for having me. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. How can people find you? Uh, how do we find your Bachelor videos and what do you on Instagram, Facebook, all those types of things? Yes, they're everywhere. Um, I would love if people go watch them to watch on YouTube because that's where I can make a little bit of money. My channel is Kelly John's Official. Okay. And that's also my username on TikTok. I post my videos there. Instagram is Kel John's, K E L L 
J-O-H-N-S, because Kelly John's is still taken. It's like an inactive account. And I keep asking the girl, but they, they don't check their messages because it's like a dead account. So I can't use the username. They're going to track her down. Yeah. Guys, help us find this person yeah. and convince them. It's really frustrating. And then my Facebook is also Kelly John's official. But again, YouTube, please and thank you, because I'm almost yes. at the tiny. <laughs> you have to make, you have to hit the hundred dollar threshold to get a payout from ads, and I'm almost mm-hmm. there. And You're I really want to get 99, that. 99. Not quite ninety nine, but like, <laughs> I think I'm at eighty something. Yeah. So trying to get a, a little bit. Yeah. And if my views increase there, then I can get more revenue but it's slow and steady for sure i wish Mm -hmm. i get so many more views on instagram which is great but i just can't make a profit there youtube somehow yeah yeah well guys go subscribe do all the things on youtube to help get that viewing higher that interaction higher whatever the algorithm does i think they change it like every two weeks i know that's a whole nother thing (laughs) help her out We appreciate it. We thank you for being here and wish you all the best and hope to have you on again. Maybe when you're yeah. rich and famous. And <laughs> you guys too. We're all going to make the it. next year. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys and the support and for having me on. Of course. Thank you so much. Thank y'all. I'll talk to you later. See ya. All righty, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Cinevibes. Thanks for joining us to hear what Kelly Johns had to say. And we hope that you guys will check out her YouTube and find her on Instagram and do all the things on those platforms and really help her out. And we also thank you for just listening in general. And as Mm -hmm. always, we're going to beat this drum until it's whatever it is. (laughs) Until it's just gone. On Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Mm -hmm follow yeah just follow just a little tab that's all we need it's a little click we'll see you we'll see the analytics we'll see your number (laughs) pop up we'll know it's you and we'll be excited we'll know it's you we keep track (laughs) exactly yeah thank you all so much for listening it really means a lot hopefully you enjoyed our conversation with kelly it was awesome to talk with her about acting and her journey through the industry And yeah, if you want to reach out to us and tell us uh, how much you loved listening to it and just want to ask questions about the episode or just the show in general, you can reach us at cinevibescast at gmail.com or follow us on Insta at the Cinevibes. And yeah, go bother us a little bit. We like being bothered. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But that'll do it for this episode. And we're out.